and this is Pondering Putan with Ajashiro Taro and Hachimitsu Boy. I'm Connor, and I'm here with my co-host, Neve. Hi, I'm Neve. This is a manga podcast that's dedicated to Eiji Nonaka's manga series, Kumardi High School. And today we are continuing our read-through of Volume 2 with Chapter 31, September. Uh, the first piece of the puzzle falls into place. For yes. for people who are uh, unfamiliar with Cromarty High School and are only reading along with this podcast, um, and basically only know what they've gotten from this podcast, uh, I feel like this this is the first time that they're like, "Wait a minute, that's the guy from the cover." Mm, yeah, yeah. There's there's many layers of significance. Uh, with this chapter yeah for our podcast specifically yeah um so yeah i like i like how you there's there's still mysteries the puton what is puton that is still a mystery to people who don't have any other like outside understanding of hermione high school right is puton even something that is can you even ask the question what is puton yeah because what if what if Puton isn't? Uh, That's so that true. W- <laughs> <laughs> that it complicates things. Um. <laughs> That's my mind being blown. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So, um, just one of many uh, sublime paradoxes that we would deal with on this podcast. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say to, to all of you, I know there are at least, uh, multiple of you who listen to the podcast, but don't read along, go find chapter 31, September, um, of Cromarty high school. Read this one. This is a key piece of reading for this podcast. I think. Yes. I would Even agree. if we don't talk much about this chapter in this episode, because I don't have any further plans, um, I just want to <laughs> emphasize that this is like a significant chapter for what this podcast is. Yeah, th- this is the first piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. So now you have you have one puzzle piece and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> so and you have that's... like the the like uh, toddler style puzzle board where you can kind of see like where pieces might go. That is like the podcast so far, the podcast art, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you have, I, to be more exact, I think what they have is they have the one puzzle piece from the original puzzle. And then they have several other <laughs> puzzle pieces that we, Selected from other puzzle kits <laughs> based on their vague resemblance to pieces that were in the original yeah. puzzle kit that they have that they're trying to assemble. Yeah. Um, so there's some vaguely similar pieces from other puzzles that uh, that you have too. Um, so just keep keep working on that. Yeah. Um, to what end I can't tell you, but that's that—that that is your task as the listener. 
Yeah. Um, it's also like you have like a pu- like a jigsaw puzzle piece in your hand that is this chapter. Um, but also you're looking at what we've laid out before you and it's like a, a weird like uh, not like Rubik's Cube exactly, but like, you know, like a 3D like puzzle cube. Um, uh-huh. Like, like if you watch like, have you watched either of the, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank on the, the name right now. The Knives Out, uh-huh. the, the second one, Glass Onion. So, I I want to say no. I have not. I I have not seen that movie. I know nothing about it, and I don't remember anything about it. Um, but I have seen a little bit of this movie. Okay, <laughs> but don't do the don't do your bit. I'm not. I'm all not. all I'm bringing up a movie for is at the beginning. There is this like complex puzzle box um that you have to like do all these different steps and um right and it's like showing all the different characters yeah and then there's the joke of like the final character who gets introduced who just smashes it with a hammer who's janelle monet yeah who is janelle monet did you watch that whole movie uh yeah with my parents over um like christmas yule what Okay, was it good? Because I stopped watching it because it seemed like it wasn't going to be good. It's like, is it is it a great movie? Is it like a one of my favorite pieces of cinema? No. Um, this is no Ghost in the Shell 2017. Oh, it's way better than that. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, I thought you but, said it wasn't. It wasn't good. Yeah, Ghost or, in the Shell yeah. 2017 is the worst movie I've ever watched in my entire life. Um, Knives Out is better. If you haven't seen Knives Out, I, I just suggest people like check out Knives Out. Um, Glass Onion was okay, but uh, I feel like there there is some like if what you're coming to it for is just character actors kind of doing their thing, there's some great stuff in glass onion. Um, but I think like as a, a story and just like a, uh, murder mystery and things, um, knives out is better. Also now, um, even though I don't think it's that great of a show, um, there's the, the new show that's, uh, Natasha Leone. Why am I trying poker face? I keep drawing a blank, but I'm not doing the bit. I swear to God, I'm not doing the bit. I'm just Uh having trouble remembering words right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But Poker Face, uh, like, there's some stuff in it that I I just wish was handled a little bit differently. I feel like sometimes it gets a little too cute with, like, its gimmick. Um, But it, it is just, like, a fantastic showcase for just character actors doing like performances. Um, and that's been really delightful. Like really the quality of the episodes has been largely dependent on, um, do, are they getting in good character actors who are doing fun stuff? And, and the mm. more that they do that, the better it is. So, um, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, that makes sense. This um, is a complete I, aside. I just wanted to do the little puzzle box metaphor and, uh, wanted to use an example from from popular media media that a lot of people would have seen. Right. Yeah, I turned off Glass Onion because I th- I started feeling like the movie was going to annoy me. Um, yeah, so I, I can never. See that. Yeah, I'm very easily annoyed, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was this was over Christmas when I was visiting my mom, and it was so it was me and 
Sarah and my mom. And it was actually kind of a, we had just like driven all the way from uh, Cincinnati to North Carolina. And it was like, I'm tired. Like I just got home for the holidays. All I want to do is just like, just sit on the couch and like zonk out. Yeah. And my mom is like, Oh, like let's watch something. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like just put on whatever. Uh, cause like in this moment, all I want is to not have to make the decision on what we're going to watch. Yeah. Like, like I don't care about the whatever, if I'm going to like what we're going to watch or not. I just don't want to have to make the decision. But my mom is like, oh, well, she's like pressing me like, oh, no, choose something that you're going to like. And I'm like, no, I, I don't care. Like, <laughs> just keep watching Firefly Lane. Like, seriously, it's okay. I'll watch Firefly Lane. Um, And then she was like, no, no, you know, pressing me to choose. So I I chose Glass Onion and we're watching it. And I'm just like, I'm not. I'm not going to do this (laughs) right now. I'm not trying to watch this kind of movie. So then I was just like, I was like, mom, let's just watch Firefly Lane. So then we watch Firefly Lane. Um, It worked out. It worked out well. Yeah. But just for some additional context there. Um, um, so yeah, I, I guess to like to summarize so far, um, you, the listener, you have the um, the puzzle piece and you're like holding it in your hand, mm-hmm. and you're but you're also looking at the glass onion. Um, and then when you, but when you look more closely, you look at the glass onion and then you look back at the puzzle piece. And then you realize, like, after having looked at the glass onion, now you're able to perceive something about the puzzle piece. Yeah. And then you, like, there's a little, like, uh, like, there's a little indentation in the puzzle piece in your hand. So you press it, and then it opens. And inside the puzzle piece is volume two of the Cromartie High School manga. And it just, like, opens itself up. To chapter 31 September yeah uh and then if you like flip a few pages <laughs> then an audio recording starts playing and the audio recording is us is it's this episode yeah um so you're like reading chapter 31 which is the puzzle piece and you're also listening to us talk about the all of this, like the, while yeah, you're, the puzzle we've constructed. Yeah, talking about like, and also talking and then, about you interacting with it. Yeah, the scenario that you find yourself in. Right. Exactly. We're just like narrating all of this as you're, <laughs> as you're, just like I think you can imagine it. Yeah. Well, um, and and now you're like it's in a this situation, and you're like. Why do you, yeah, I'm aware, I'm in this moment, I'm looking at the puzzle piece, I'm listening to you, uh, the glass onion is sitting in front of me, um, why, why do you just keep talking about the spot that I'm in? Yeah, but it's not yeah. really happening, though, it's just a metaphor. Yeah. And, and like, unless, it's a metaphor that we're creating on the podcast to explain, like, 
the the significance of this chapter. Yeah. Uh, if you do find yourself in front of a real um, glass onion right now, uh, <laughs> and, and like everything that we're narrating is like actually literally happening to you and not like figuratively or, um, you know, sort of uh, in this like abstracted sense happening to you. Um, I'm sorry, we can't help. Uh, I did not actually plan for th- the the scenario where this is a reality. So you're on your own from here. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't know how to open that glass onion. Yeah. If if that's, that's if this not, is really happening to you, the actual just glass as... onion is not part of the puzzle that we've constructed. We're only right. using it as a symbol, as a metaphor for uh the far less probably um imperative and serious puzzle because if you're in that scenario like something is happening um (laughs) this is just a podcast i'm sorry (laughs) yeah we're just as afraid as you are if you're in that scenario um so yeah um i mean if you i guess i feel a little bit bad now that i'm like i can't help you at all um if you know like uh, if anything happens from me responding to this email, I am not uh, legally, um, you know, th- there's no like uh, legal right to sue me over it. I, I want to make right. that clear before I make this uh, offer. But if you do find yourself in that literal scenario, feel free to email ghostdiverspot at gmail.com. I will try to help you uh, within the, the limits of, of, you know, um, nothing that I do is like legally binding in a way where... Um, you know, you could press charges against me if something went wrong. Right. Just putting that disclaimer out there, but I will try to help you through email. Feel free to email me if you, if yeah. you find yourself in the glass onion situation. Yeah. I think we've, um, I think we've, we've cleared all of our liability sufficiently yeah. um, for, for this, for this potential consequence. And, um, also, everything else we've ever said and done on this podcast. Um, anyway, is it time for everyone's favorite segment where we talk about our favorite part of the chapter that we read? Yes, let's do it. Oh, but uh, like real quick, since we cleared the liability, um, the one thing I will add to the as like advice, if you're in the scenario that we've been describing, yeah, um, just a quick like troubleshooting guide. Uh, yeah. Step one, make sure that you make sure that it is, in fact, a glass onion and you're not at Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is a, this is a yeah, this is a very important uh, thing to note. Easy mistake to make. Mm-hmm. Um, step two, it, it is a real um, a real glass onion. Um, make sure that you are at Outback and not. Uh, some other like outback knockoff restaurant that's just trying to do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, step number three, call nine one one. Um. Okay. So moving on. Uh, do you want me to go first with with my favorite part of the chapter? Um. Sure. Yeah. We we can do it that way. Okay. I I had uh, no like strong preferences, but um. I'll say I'll say a few things. So okay. Um, my first favorite part, the fact that I have not, I still don't know why this chapter is called September. 
Um, I mean, I guess because so that he he is part of the gang Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> so, like, maybe it's just like a a reference. Like that is the reference, and then they, it's just like their most popular song is then the chapter title. Oh, it's the song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, spoilers for for the end, where I say what song it is this time. Um, It's September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Gotcha. Um, Second favorite aspect of this chapter, the way that Yamaguchi is drawn, um, it's like... I can't decide if I like the anime or the manga better, but they're definitely different. Yeah. Did you feel that way? Like, all of the features are the same, but it's just something about Yamaguchi. He just looks a little, like, rougher and more intense in the manga. Um, Yeah, I I feel like when you see him in the anime, uh, he just like feels a little bit goofier from the jump. Mm, Um, yeah. I mean, I think part of it is that he has like a full beard here. Whereas I think in the anime, he has like more stubble. Like he's kind of got the little, uh, like soul patch and the, the little, like, but even like the mustache is like thinner. I'm looking at a picture from the, the anime now. Yeah, the Whereas mustache here is really it's like thick. A, a pretty f- yeah thick mustache, and he's got like an actual beard. Um, but I wonder if this is like maybe changes how he draws uh, Yamaguchi. But I mean, I'm like even looking at our cover art, and this is the cover art is from like much later in the manga, and he still has like more of a beard. Mm. His mustache might be a it. little bit thinner, but. Yeah, I never noticed it from our cover art, um, but yeah. I think just having so many panels of it in the chapter really uh, just re- it really hit me. Yeah, I was um, looking through uh, just the pages of this um, and noted that. Uh, so if you go to the back, there's some stuff uh, that's like the love Nona part and stuff um, where it's the man- manga I drew, uh, drew in five minutes by uh, AJ Nonaka. Um, mm, yeah. And I feel like Yamaguchi in the show looks a little bit more like Nonaka than like the, you know, like the, yeah, I agree. the show is like kind of in between how he draws himself and then how he draws Yamaguchi. Um, yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, um, I, I have a I have a friend, um, Carlos from uh, Three Heroes podcast, um, which is like a, a Asian um, action movie podcast, basically, uh, like a lot of you know Hong Kong action movies, um, but also they branch out a little bit from there sometimes. Um, and aside from like, you know. Yamaguchi's got like the the big afro, which is a reference to like a, a famous Japanese comedian happening here. Um, but like aside from that, uh, 
Yamaguchi looks a lot more like my friend than in the, the anime as well. Um, is that your favorite part of this chapter? So my favorite part is, and it is one where uh, this is especially true. Um, and also I think where he looks distinctly different than the anime. So it's like kind of going along with what you're saying. Um, but is, so it's the third page of the, the chapter. Um, and it's the bottom left corner. Um, and one, I just like really like how Yamaguchi is, is drawn here. Um, it's like so serious as to, to wrap around to being really funny to me. Um, especially because the line is, is like very funny to me, which is <laughs> if by some weird chance this guy ever gets on TV, I'll fricking, I'll change the channel without a second thought. <laughs> um, yeah, that, something about it really got to like, me like that panel got to me so much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like this panel a lot too. Um, in a like, his expression here is one of the more restrained seeming of the chapter. Yeah, but it's also paired with this is the one. Um, maybe there's like a, a one other, uh, but this is the one line that's like interrupted by just his rage. Yeah. So I love his like facial composure at the moment when his rage is just like reaching a high point. Yeah. That's really great. Uh, I also, my favorite panel was also a bottom left and it's the one on the first page where it's just him like looking downcast. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, really he's processing like the, um, the conversation and like thinking about how that was a funny, how that was a, a, a funny joke. Yeah. Like the unintentional joke that, uh, what's his name? Um, Sakamoto. Uh, yeah. Sakamoto. Um, but I love how they just like sneak in this little panel the space that it occupies on the page, it's like offset with everything else. Uh, and they just like sneak in this panel of him looking so morose yeah, <laughs> and serious. Uh, it's just great. Especially because a lot of, uh, there's a lot of the same, um, like repetition in terms of the, his expression and like head position. Mm hmm. Um, even more so than like typical uh, Crow High chapters, I feel like. Um, so in like the, f let's see, for instance, uh, page four and five, I think yeah. I'm counting them correctly. There's one where it almost just feels like uh, Nautica like traced over the same drawing multiple times. Um, but like specifically traced because there's slight variations, but um, yeah. Yeah, like he's leaning a little bit more. Or like his head's angled slightly different, but it's yeah. more or less the same. Or like the the furrow on the brow is slightly different. Mm, yeah. Um, but then you get you get it again on page five, where it's like the three of him with his um, hand under his chin. Yeah. Uh, so when when you do get like the standalone uh, expressions, I feel like they. 
they're more distinct. Uh, yeah. And I, I appreciated that. It emphasizes the way that like he as a character is often uh, like very composed and still in thought while while uh and that like people read this as seriousness when what he's actually thinking about is comedy and the art of comedy yeah the divide between uh like his persona or his uh his affect and then his like interior monologue which is obviously um the key like comedic element or one of them yeah uh, for yamaguchi um so yeah, I was excited. I I didn't really realize until we started uh uh until I started reading for for this episode that Yamaguchi was coming up. Yeah. Um and Yamaguchi being such an important character for for us. Um it it was it, it was good to to see him come in here. Yeah. This is also great. Um, probably one of the best moments in the anime as well. Uh, so I'm always looking forward to those to those moments popping up in the manga. Yeah, and seeing how it was like originally done. Uh, so yeah, I think we've uh, I think we've fulfilled our obligation <laughs> to do that. Um, yeah. So I want I want to tell you about uh, something that. I messed up by not telling you about it last time because it was more immediate. Yeah. Um, So not this past week or not this past weekend, but the weekend before uh, I attended the inaugural Loveland Frogman Festival. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll pause to let (laughs) you react to that, to that. The, The Loveland Frog Festival. Frogman. Frogman. Okay. Um This is is this the <laughs> Is this the guy? Is this the like frog that's like standing by the the um what do you call that on the side of a road? Oh, like the um the guard? Yeah, the guardrail. The guardrail. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, the the frogman is uh I'm just going to read from this uh Cincinnati City Bee article. The frogman is supposed to be a roughly 4 foot tall creature that walks on its hind legs standing like a human but has a frog face and head. Yeah. The story originates in 1955 but picked up steam in 1972 when a local police officer reported seeing the creature to his coworker. Uh and as recently as 2016 Someone else reported seeing the creature. Uh, but this information is outdated because uh, at the festival, there were um, there were more recent sightings that, that we found out about. Yeah. I think uh, I have fought this guy in Chrono Cross. Oh, do you fight Frog in Chrono Cross? No. Let me, let me send you the... Uh... <laughs> I'm referring to Biba. Oh, okay. Because I know I know Frog is is in Chrono Trigger, but yeah. he's your ally. Yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, this was a great. Uh, it was a great experience going to the Frogman Festival. There was a lot of. Uh, 
I, I feel like that there's not quite enough. Uh, well, here, let me look at. Oh yeah, yeah. This yeah. Bebo looks pretty fearsome. Yeah. Yeah, he um. He looks like he could be from Loveland. Yeah. Uh, notably, like, is kind of an annoying fight, not because um, does a lot of damage, but just calls more homies, and they all have too much HP. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. It's not what you'd expect from a frog. You'd expect yeah. them to be a little. Um, well, but this is like a this is squishy. a four foot frog, you know, who has True. no qualms about standing by guardrails on the the road where you know. Might get hit. Yeah, right. He, you know he's taken at least one, uh, one car, uh, in his lifetime. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the it was very interesting. There's not enough like Frogman. There's not enough knowledge about the Frogman. So, I think it was a little hard for them to do like a whole uh, <coughs> <An> entire <coughs> um festival convention. Event. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was more like a generalized. Obviously, the frogman was the headlining uh, uh, phenomenon, but it was more of like a generalized cryptids, uh, paranormal. Yeah, type. I mean, you say you're gonna do a convention about the Loveland Frog, but then you you always got like Steve with his like whatever he saw coming in and trying to talk to you about it, and you're like, Steve, this is about the frogman. Yeah, Steve was there. Yeah, they let they let Steve in. Um, they always let Steve in. Yeah, and he always Steve says was selling his that he's not going to talk about. Uh... I just realized I do not have my outro document open. Thank you for joining us today. Next time we'll be reading chapter 32 from volume two. You can find the full schedule at exporter.io slash bootdown schedule. If you have questions for us, send them to the ghost at gmail.com. That's also that where you send uh, emails. If you need help solving a glass onion, you can get early access to <laughs> early access to episodes of this podcast and many others by becoming $1 patron of the network at exporter.io and less than a week before the public feeds. Or for $5, you get exclusive access to pop down funk, a weekly podcast or autumn and roll around a Funko pop and have to watch something from that media franchise. $5 will also get you exclusive access to coffee and comic books as well as a bonus episode of ornate stairwells where autumn and i went through a bracket of like all the movies that we've watched um that'll be out uh monday if you're here when you're hearing this in the the patreon feed um and it's already out if you're listening to this in the free feed if you like this podcast, please tell a friend. Uh, they can find the free feed at exportaudio/puton or by searching "pondering puton" on their podcast app of choice. I'll be honest, just search, searching for "puton" will probably get them there. If you like listening to us talk, we do a lot more of that over at Ghost Divers, which you can find at exportaudio/ghostdivers or by searching "ghost divers" on your podcast app of choice. Um, we're currently doing unrelated orphans. You can find the show at Ponder Putan on Twitter, just at Putan on co-host. You can find me at Neon on Twitter and co-host, where you can check my pinned tweet or pinned shows to find all of my podcasts. Where can people find you, Connor? You can find me at Rabelais on Twitter and co-host. And our opening theme is Ningen Nante by Yoshida Takaro, and taking us out today is September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Class dismissed. Class dismissed.